Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Exact Nature's all-natural CBD-based products are specially formulated to help you lighten the load in recovery, be it with addictive cravings, depression and anxiety, or improving sleep. Founded and run by a father-son team, both in recovery, this issue is personal for them. Learn more at exactnature.com, and as a listener of the Sobriety Diaries, use the code TSD20 to receive a 20% discount at purchase. Again, TSD20 at exactnature.com. It was two dichotomies of drinking. Either you're fine, you have no issue with it, or you're an alcoholic. There was no in between. There, yeah. there was it, it was always a stratification of either you don't have a problem or you have a major problem. And what I learned from Annie is that there's this gray line and this continuum that we're all on. Happy sober day, friends. Welcome to the Sobriety Diaries. My name is Nate. I am a grateful recovering alcoholic seven years from my last drink. The Sobriety Diaries is a video podcast where we share powerful stories of recovery told by those who lived them. Check us out at thesobrietydiaries.com for all things podcast related. And for all our video interviews, head over to youtube.com slash Nate Kelly. Also, please share this podcast with just one person in your life who may still be struggling. You just never know what they may need to hear today. Recovery is possible. I am here with my new friend, Ken McKimsey Middleton. How are you this morning, my friend? Fantastic, Nick. Appreciate you having me. Super excited to talk to you and your audience. Yeah, I appreciate your willingness to share your story. I know that alcohol is not your friend and sort of what you've been able to develop because I'm super impressed by it. But I always like to start to understand you a bit more and, and your personal journey and how we've gotten to sort of this platform that you have today. So I'd love to to get to learn a little more about Ken. Yeah, I appreciate it, Nate. Yeah, so my yeah. last uh, date of uh, drug of choice, I know if you asked at a time, was yeah. uh, November the 10th, 2018. For me, it was alcohol. Yeah. Um, fortunately, I just never did anything harder than that, but I did alcohol really, really hard. So yeah. <laughs> it was and enough. that's hard enough for me. Trust <laughs> yes, <me>. absolutely. <laughs> um, and just to give you a sense of my story, Nate, and I tell people this all the time, for me, and that's part of why I named my publication the the name that I did, alcohol was my best friend. Like yes. it did everything that it was advertised to do and some. So I started drinking like a lot of people did in college. I didn't drink in high school, fortunately enough for me. Um, just didn't come across it for whatever reason, but drink, started drinking. I was 19 years old. I wasn't someone who was shy, but I wasn't like overly zealous or the life of the party. I was that person that typically 
fit in with everyone, never really stood out in any respects, but I wasn't someone that was scared to talk to people either. It, but I did want to be that person. I yeah. aspired to be that person. I was somewhat envious of people who were those type of people. So when I started drinking and when I recognized that it made me more relaxed around the opposite sex, it allowed me to have conversations with anybody, no sense of anxiety that I had before. I was like, holy schmoly, like, this, this is, is it. This is it. This is it. Right. <laughs> so as you can imagine, I joined a fraternity, did everything that the fraternity stories do and had a great three years after I started drinking. I didn't drink my freshman year, but from sophomore year on, it was amazing. So I so, of course, living the college life and drinking, graduate from college, eventually end up getting a job in sales. And I tell people all the time, if you think college is the training grounds for, for drinking <laughs> sales is the advanced master's course yes. for drinking. Like that is the, Your that, doctorate. That is what we, exactly. That's what we <laughs> do. I, I was paid to take my customers out, schmooze them, buy them drinks, feed them food and just have a great time. And that continued Nate for a probably 13 years, like 12 years, had a great time, made a fair amount of money. And the problem in that scenario, especially when it comes to sales, that you don't think you have a problem because you compare yourself to those around you. So your drinking is relative. Yeah. So when I looked at my peers and even those that I aspired to be like within the organization who were doing really well, and for myself, I was doing fairly well, they were drinking as much or more than I was. So yeah. for me, I'm thinking if they're successful, I'm successful. I'm not even like the concept of drinking being a problem never crossed my mind. Here's what changed. So in 2017, I left my former company because I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Always had a desire to run my own business, to do my own thing, and decided at that time I was 36 years old and I just felt like it was the time to do it. So I left. A year goes by and I am busting my hump trying to be successful. I'm working 80, 90 hours a week. Wow. I'm the marketing person. I'm the finance person. I'm HR. I'm everything. Yeah. And it is really, really hard. Like you probably attest to it yourself. Yeah. So super, super hard. And I said, okay, it might like I if I feel like I might have to go to corporate America. I was making some money. I wasn't making a lot of money. But I said to myself, if I go back to corporate America, America, I don't want to do it without being able to unequivocally say that I've given it everything. And I always knew, and as most of us probably knew when we were drinking, not thinking that it was a problem, but I did recognize the days after I would drink or had a night out, I wasn't 100%. I was probably 70%, 80%. I had this thing that I used to say that my 80 my 80% 80 was good as most people's 100%. So I was good, <laughs> right, right? But right. it just wasn't the reality of it all, right? So I had to change what my approach and what I was doing. I said, okay, if I go back to corporate America, I want to make sure that I have no regrets and no one can tell. I can I can look myself in the mirror and said I gave it 100%. So I told my wife, hey, babe, I think I'm going to start with girlfriend at the time, now wife that I think uh, I'm going to take a break from drinking. I just want to see if it makes a difference with work. And fortunately enough for me, she was willing to do it with me because, you know, she's just an awesome woman and awesome girlfriend and our wife. So we did it together. And Nate, I made more money in the next 90 days, those three months of not drinking than I had made in the previous th nine months wow. by far. It wasn't even close. Like it was, wasn't even close, right? It wasn't like I made a little bit more money. It's like I made a shitload more money. And I was That's like, crazy. okay, there's something here. Now couple that with sleeping better, able to exercise better, 
feeling better overall, mental cognition better, me and my girlfriend not getting in arguments about stupid stuff like we <laughs> did when we drank, right? Yeah. All of that combined. And we we looked at each other and was like, there might be something here that we might want to extend this for even longer. So, and the more I started to learn and read, I read the book, Annie Grace's This Naked Mind. And what I discovered, Nate, is kind of what I, what the reason I created Anif and why I wrote Bamboozled. For me, it was two dichotomies of drinking. Either you're fine, you have no issue with it, or you're an alcoholic. There was no in between. There, yeah. there was it, it was always a stratification of either you don't have a problem or you have a major problem. And what I learned from Annie is that there's this gray line and this continuum that we're all on. And I just didn't realize it. And I had no concept of all of the things that I was giving up because I was drinking. Wow. And so the mission then became for me, I want to educate others of you can drink if you want to. And this, and I tell the people this all the time. I'm not a crusader of anti-alcohol. I'm just not. That's not my, what I feel. But what I want to do and what I am a crusader of is people being educated on the, the trade-offs they're making every time they do decide to drink. And hopefully they decide not to because there's a much better version of your life and yourself that you can create if you're willing to do so. Wow, that's so true. And, you know, you said a, a couple of things I want to touch on, but I think one that that stands out most is, you know, when people give it a give it a whirl, you know, and we have these things like dry January or, mm -hmm. or sober October. And, you know, when it's you start to realize benefits, right, of not drinking. And a lot of times we hear better sleep, uh, you know, to your point, better relationships, but to hear revenue side of things yes. and the money side of things is kind of fascinating, honestly, and something that I haven't heard before. But if you think about it from an entrepreneurial perspective, it makes so much sense. You're firing on all cylinders, right? You're at your best. You're at peak. And, and especially for someone in sales, it kind of just makes sense. It's insane, Nate. I mean, so I was able every day I was thinking at that top level, because what you don't recognize is the opportunities that you're probably missing because you're not at 100%. So what I, for me, I was able every day to be on 100%. And then everything that I was executing on, it seemed to work out. And I have to think it was because I wasn't having those lapses in judgment. I was yeah. really seeing things holistically. Um, and then the reality of it, and this is what I share in my book, is that it compounds because it only allows you to recognize one thing that you wouldn't recognize when if you were drinking mm. that could be a great opportunity that then leads to another great opportunity, so forth and so on. And that's where I want people to see long term wise, if you're willing to give this up, it only gets better with time. Something else we have in common is alcohol was literally my best friend, you know, yeah. was there to comfort me. We went everywhere together. It did, to your point, everything that I expected it to until it fucking turned its back on me. And that's when I decided to seek treatment. Fortunately enough for me, and I say fortunate because there was nothing special that I did. I feel very lucky that I came to the realization I did before it became a problem. But I was well on my way to it becoming a problem. Mm, yeah. And part of my, like I say again, I don't crusade to tell people that it's bad and you shouldn't do it. But I do believe if you drink consistently, 
there is a certain point where you cannot help but develop an addiction to alcohol. And I believe at the age of 40, and I say this in my book, and I say this in Anna, at the age of 40, you should just stop drinking altogether because at that point, the tra- two things. One, the chances of becoming an alcoholic increase dramatically because the negative effects of how your body reacts to alcohol is different from when you're younger. And then two, the trade-offs that you're giving up when you drink alcohol are nowhere near the benefits you're getting from it. And and I was fortunate enough to not realize it, but I was well on my way to where you were, Nate, because it is... Yeah. Uh, is something that it was scary for me now if I look back on it, that I was putting myself in a very tough situation. It reminds me a lot, a close friend of mine, uh, Blair Sharp, who who has a, a blog, The Sobriety Activist, and she's been on, on the podcast several times, but part of her platform is this idea that we don't have to have this excruciating bottom or, Mm -hmm. you know, everything that's gone to shit in our lives to realize that alcohol is not working for us. We can simply decide that, you know, alcohol's negative impact far outweighs any benefit that it's providing in our life. And we can simply decide to remove alcohol from our lives, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's it, man. I use the term alcohol conscious, nothing wrong with sobriety. Clearly sobriety diary is the name of your, your work <laughs> here, but I don't use the term sobriety because for, because, yeah. because I feel like when you say, because this is what I discovered, right? Personal experience. When I stopped drinking, Nate, as soon as people heard that I wasn't drinking, the first question they asked me was, well, how bad did it get for you? Yeah. They automatically assumed that right. I, as Blair said, had a rock bottom. Yeah. That something crazy had happened in my life that I was out trying to sell my kids or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. no, I just woke up one day and yeah. recognized that what I'm giving up wasn't worth what I'm getting from it. And I use the term alcohol consciousness instead of sobriety. And the reason I use alcohol consciousness because it alludes to the fact that someone just says, Alcohol is fine if you want to do it, but if I look at what I want to do in my life and what's um, beneficial for me holistically, health-wise, alcohol doesn't add to that equation. Just like fried food doesn't add into that equation, just like sugar, too much sugar does. So just like you're health conscious when you eat right and you think right and you exercise, you're alcohol conscious when you choose not to have it in your life. So So it's a wellness decision. And I tell people, I'm, I don't consider myself a sobriety coach for any shape, form or fashion, but I do consider myself a wellness advocate. And for you to mentally, emotionally, physically to be the best version of yourself, if that's what you want, you have to remove alcohol from the equation because there's no way you can do it with alcohol being consistent part of your life. Such a good point. And I think, you know, it, from a coaching standpoint, this idea of overall wellness, you know, alcohol consciousness is just a part of that, right? It doesn't have to be the be all end all. I think if we're, you know, like being quirky is one part of my personality. It's not Mm -hmm. the entire puzzle. The fact that I don't drink is a part of Nate, not everything. You know, I like to focus on development and wellness as a whole for myself and not drinking alcohol is simply one part of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I have this thing that I call the inverted triangle. And at the base of this triangle, Nate, to exactly what you said is alcohol. So it is the beginning. And that's what I recognize. Alcohol allowed me to understand. For me, alcohol was the base of my triangle of the thing that if I could figure this out, 
it then gives me the ability to build on top of it. So I can say it starts with alcohol. Then I started to look at my sleep. Then I started to look at what I was eating. Then I started to look at my meditation. Then I started. Mm -hmm. So it allows me to build. So alcohol is the base that if you take that, then you can build your future on it. But for me, and it might be different from other people, if you remove that control of alcohol from me, everything else falls and and crumbles in upon itself. So great point. It was the beginning of me to really start, to your point, go on that journey of wellness and being able to become the very best version of myself. So I saw right above that is writing every day. Now, were you a writer always or did it come from needing or wanting to share these facts with others who are alcohol conscious? So prior to me giving up alcohol, I was wanting to write, but I was sporadic. On the days in which I went out and I'm hanging out with my friends, guess what? Wasn't waking up in the morning. I wasn't writing the next day, right? (laughs) So instead of me writing seven days a week, I was writing two, three, if I was lucky, four days a week. Uh, There's this great thing that Kobe Bryant always talks about. The reason he got great is because if you, when you start out, I might be working one or two hours more than you are. But once you um, 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 uh, and once you multiply that over time, those one to two hours a day becomes ten to twelve hours a week, which yeah. over a lifetime becomes three thousand hours right. more work. So the difference of me writing three to four days a week versus writing seven days a week was dramatic, and I just the commitment allowed me to get so much better at it and to really start to feel like I was I was actually doing it versus trying to do it, which is why I actually got to the point where I finished the book, whereas before I was start and stop and just kind of hopefully aspire one day to write a book. So yeah, it was me getting up alcohol allowed me to really put enough um, consistent hits together to build something that I think I can look back on and be very proud of. One of the biggest hurdles in starting a podcast can be the overwhelming thought of all of the technology. Let me tell you, don't let it stop you, especially in the beautiful online recovery space. We could really save lives. So if you have a message that you want to share and a story that you want to tell, the Podcast Host Academy can help you get there. Inside the Podcast Host Academy, you'll find courses on everything from equipment, software and editing, to presentation skills and vocal warm-ups. Click the link in today's show notes for an additional 15% off your subscription to the Podcast Host Academy and alitu.com. That is alitu, A-L-I-T-U dot com. I have on my vision board and my goals for 2023 to finish my book. You know, some days it seems like a mountain that's insurmountable. And tell me about the process and and where the motivation came from for that and how you then got it to, you know, be on paper in black and white. So the, of course, the motivation was I started with Alcohol is Not Your Friend publication with Medium, right? Started yeah. writing that. And as I was writing, Nate, because the purpose was I wanted people to learn what I didn't know, right? If I can get this out and touch someone and educate them, I feel great about it. So the more I wrote, the more I learned. And I'm like, man, this is such good information that I had no concept of. Wouldn't it be awesome to put this in a manner that some people could just one-stop shop, 
You have access to it. You make your decision with it. And there's a lot of different books out there. But once again, and I, I wrote an article about this, why I hate Quit Lit. Like I, there's a yeah. lot of good things in Quit Lit that I've read. But a lot of the stories are, hey, this happened. I was doing this. I was at rock bottom. And then I came out of it. Nothing wrong with that. But I just think I thought there needed to be more voices of you don't have to hit rock bottom there's something that is there that you just need to look at it holistically to recognize, can you be a better version of yourself without it? So what I did, and this is, and I don't know what your process is and how you go about writing. I just started Nate every day to write at least 300 words. That was just all the feedback I'd gotten from a lot of people I was reading, like just commit to a word uh, number every day and regardless, hit that number. So that. every day, at least 300 words. Some days that took me 15, 20 minutes. Some days that took me 30 minutes or an hour. But a lot of times I typically, I would get 300 words pretty easily. And then I would make up five or 600 words in a day. So it was yeah. a good, but every day, Nate, I didn't, I didn't miss a day. Every day I woke up 4.30 in the morning or five o'clock. Usually I sat down, banged out 30 words. And it took me to write Bamboozle. It took me solid six months of writing to get the first draft together. And then another three months of editing that allowed me to probably add another maybe 10,000 words to it. So it was a fair amount of additional work done in the next yeah. three months. But when it came to the initial 70, 75,000 words, I did that over a three-month period, a six-month period just by writing and committing to 300 words every single day. That's it. <laughs> that, that word, I'm telling you, Nate, that word count, you will be so amazed yeah. at how quickly it comes. And it doesn't have to be great. There was a lot of times I wrote and I was like, yeah, that's probably not the best 300 words I've written ever before. <laughs> so, so we'll did come you back like, and look at that. Get all of, like get everything out and mm -hmm. then organize it as far as how you put the book together, or did you sort of organize like have an outline and then fill in the outline? Mm -hmm. I was the outline guy. I'm okay. a big planner man. Yeah, like me my too. wife, That's... yeah, I'm a I'm a planner. So I needed to have an outline and a sense of where I was going. So I divided the book up into pretty much four sections. They're just questions that I typically ask. The first part is, why do you do it? So we talk about the whole history of alcohol, and then we talk about the science around it to explain people that alcohol is a drug that works really, really well. Yeah. Not only does it make you feel better and it, and it solves a lot of your problems, but it has this thing that it does to you physiologically that it actually creates the need for itself where you before you like it. And eventually, if you keep going, when this is where alcohol de dependence comes, you'll need it. So we talk about that. We talk about the history of society and marketing and how you've been pushed alcohol ever since you were probably five or six years old and you don't yes. recognize it. Dude, I went and watched Puss in Boots uh, three weeks ago at my wife in a movie, and it doesn't even dawn on me now, but now then, but now it does, where you got Puss in at the bar drinking mead, ale, and he's wow. a kid, and it's a cartoon, wow. and he's drinking beer. And it's like outrageous. I, yeah, it's like it, it's just it's subtle. And then when you get older, it's in everything it pushed on you, like like how much you see. And I think there was study was done where I think. It was like 92% of movies and series at some point have some representation of alcohol throughout the, the show. I mean, it's everywhere. We've all been the conditioned. Time. We've to, been yeah. socially engineered yes. to drink. And it's in everything. It's in movies. It's in, I mean, excuse me, it's in weddings. It's in birthday parties. It's in baby showers. It's right. everywhere. Right. Um, so anyway, we talk about that. Next, we talk about what do you have to gain? And that's where we talk about like the 
career, how your career gets better, how your finances get better, how your relationships get better, how your health gets better, how aging, if you want to talk about aging, and this is where we talk about the concept of 40 years old. When you often look at people and you can see a 70-year-old that's in a cane or in a wheelchair and, and is struggling to even talk, and you see a 70-year-old that's lifting weights yeah. and skiing, right? alcohol plays a big part into what the quality of your life looks like down the road, right? So 100%. we talk about- we talk about all of that. The next third part is how do you do it? And the how do you do it is where we get into like the meds, like the 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 my physiological um uh or my philosophical approach to stopping helping people stop drinking and and say, all right, there's these four things you can do to stop drinking. And then lastly, we talk about what do you want to gain and or who do you want to be? And that's like red pill, blue pill choice. Now mm-hmm. you have the knowledge. You choose to do what you want to do with it. You want to go back to your life and live the regular life, then that's fine. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Or do you want to try something different? But I broke the outline down and then I filled in the outline along the way. Yeah, that's kind of where I am now. It's like yeah. a you just reminded me of like a choose your adventure book. It's like you have it's like a fork in the road. Which yep. one are you going to choose? Where are you going to go? I used to love those, man, girl. I, know. I, I love those. <laughs> and so just so you know, and your audience knows, Nate, that's part of the book. So the book does this thing I call alcohol parables. So as we walk through career finances, relationships, I have a story of two people that start out in similar situations and, and both are having drinking questions, if you will. And they both get to a fork in a road and then one goes one way and one goes the other way. And you get to see how their lives play out accordingly. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Ken, what is something that a listener who is perhaps still struggling and came across you and I today, what are two things that they can do today to get the ball rolling? Oh, yeah. So first, um, Andy Grace's This Naked Mind is just one of the best books ever. So I tell Great people- resource. Yeah. And, and that's the, the very first step of the process, the med. So there's four part of the meds. I'll share this right now because I think it's just relevant to this yeah. conversation. Mental engineering, re-engineering is the first part. And what that is, Nate, it's like everything we talked about that this, the social engineering that has taken place in you over X amount of years, it's not going to be able to go away overnight. Right. You're going to have to do a lot of reading and research to really understand what why you think or why in some a lot of us feel like alcohol is something we need. And that just takes a lot of reading and, and research and time. So mental engineering is the first part. So I say read, start finding books that you um, can resonate with you. Any Grace, This Naked Mind would be one. Um, and the second one, I, second thing I would say is talk to someone about your decision that you feel like you can connect with who might be willing to do it with you. The you getting through it or because there's going to be a three to six month period where it is going to be challenging because yeah. you're so your body is physiologically changed to drink and the cravings are going to be there. Your body's going to want that alcohol. Trying to do it by yourself is a lot more difficult than if you have someone to do it for you. Like I said, I was lucky enough to have my wife to do it with me. And um, and that just made all the difference. So I say, one, find a good book. Annie Grace's This Naked Mind is great. When Bamboos are coming out, hopefully that'll be another good resource for you. Yeah. And then two, find a friend that you can talk to about it who will do it with you because that that's going to make it a lot easier for you. Yeah. Good strategy. Very yeah. good strategy. Easy takeaways that people can do today with simply that motivation to live a better life, I think, yeah. is where it comes from. 
That's it, man. That's it. So Bamboozled is or is not available yet? So it is not available as of yet. So I talked to my publisher yesterday. I talked to my design person. Man, it has been, God, it's been so long since we've working on this There's book. so much involved that you don't even uh, think about, right? Dude, when you write the book, Nate, and you should know this, yeah. when you yeah. finish writing, like, oh, oh, I got everything out. That is just the beginning. Yeah. That, that's Not actually somewhat the easy part. Like that's the <laughs> easiest part is writing it. Then you got to do everything else. So at any rate, um, the, the digital version should be out mid-March to late March. That's what we're hoping right now. If you're interested in signing up for a copy, it's called thebamboozledbook.com. That is my website. You can be, get on my newsletter. I'm actually looking to create a launch team. As you may have heard, a launch team. Amazon nice. reviews are so important. Yes. So I'm looking for people who are open to getting an advanced copy of the book. You get an advanced copy. And I just ask, get an advanced copy, read. I, listen, and I'll be straight up with you. I don't even care if you read the whole thing because <laughs> you don't need to read the whole thing. It's written in a manner that you can read chapters to get what you want. But if you get anything oh, from nice. it and it's helpful, just leave a review. That's yeah. what I need because Amazon reviews is going to get the word out there and get it exposed to more people. So I ask people, if you go to thebamboozlebook.com, you'll get access to my newsletter. And then if you're interested in getting on my launch team, you can always email me, Ken at KenMMiddleton.com, M for my middle name, McKimsey. So Ken at KenMMiddleton.com. I'm looking for people to be on the launch team um, with me. And hopefully it will, the digital version, mid to eight Mar mid to late March, the actual physical version, it will be out in all bookstores in August. Nice. I will link everything in today's show notes as well, where you can find Ken, everything he's talked about so far. Tell us how you got involved with the medium. Oh, oh well, medium. So um, I, I think I probably, I was just researching or looking for articles to read. And all of a sudden I stumbled upon it. And then as I was looking at different publications that talked about sobriety and alcohol, once again, it was all, hey, this is like hardcore addiction, which that is real. There's a lot of help that people need there. Yeah. But I really wanted, I, there was no, there was, it was a vacuum when it came to wellness, not really a hard problem, but something in which people need to look at. And then the other side of was just the scientific aspect of drinking. I really wanted to hone in on the science because in, in, in Bamboozle, we talk about it in the sense of this isn't my opinion. There have been numerous studies done that that really talk about this. So I really wanted to focus on the science of how drinking changes you. So when I was thinking about creating the platform or creating uh, Alcohol is Not Your Friend, it was really to focus on how do I scientifically or how do I get all of this science information out to the community so then people could make their decisions? So I started writing articles on my own for probably about three to four months. And there were a lot of people commenting. I was getting followers. And then I was like, man, you know what? Like, this is all of my opinion, but I don't have all the, the answers. There's a lot of other people that probably have good answers too. So then I started inviting a lot of other people like, hey, if you've gone through this and you got good things that can help other people to learn from your experience, please share. And so now I'm happy to say we have over 200 writers that contribute every week and every other week or whenever they want to, just yeah. talking about their story and what's worked for them. Because at the end of the day, Everybody has to do have their own journey and what works for me might not work for you. So I say share your information because it, it might be the, the very thing that someone else needs to hear that changes everything for them. That's exactly right. And we all have our own journey and we never know what tiny little thing we say or do or write 
could spark something in someone else or resonate with someone. And it could be the smallest thing that, that, you know, we may not even think of. I love that. Yeah. hundred percent, man. So I love it, man. And I enjoy try to write as much as possible. Um, and it's just a great platform. Like if there's anything you want to say, it's great for you to get on there. I love it. Like you can pay us $5 a month. So it's pretty cheap to get access to all of the material, but there's a free version that you can go and write your ideals and you don't pay yeah. for anything. So if there's any of your listeners is like, Hey, I got something to say. As long as you know, there's certain criteria we have it in it. It had to be science-based. It has to tell a story and give a takeaway for, for the reader. There's certain criteria we have to write an article, but if anyone interested and want to help others, they can go up there create an account and then find the publication. And I'm always taking new writers all all the time. Ken, any parting words for our listeners today? Let's, uh, you know, a little Sunday motivation for them. Yeah. Yeah. I tell people, you know, the the dry January is awesome. Like that's, I I think that's better than nothing, but I wrote an article about this. If you really want to give your very best version of yourself the chance you got to give it 90 days, man. I just think once you experience that 90 days and just exceed all of the, because it's so compounding of what alcohol does and how it can change everything. And I tell people, Nate, I'm like, listen, once again, and I've said this a few times, there's nothing wrong with drinking if that's what you want to do. I do think at 40, you should stop because yeah. it really, really makes your aging so much terrible and your quality of life deteriorates mm-hmm. if you drink into your older ages. But if you want to live a life and be the very best version of yourself and do some things that you before could have never imagined. Why not give it yourself a shot by giving alcohol up? And I guarantee you give it 90 days, like you truly give it 90 days and push yourself to be a great person. Man, the 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 benefits that you're gain versus what you had with drinking, they don't even compare. So I tell people, what do you have to lose? Just give it a shot. And I guarantee you, that your future self will look back and think your previous self when you realize who you become down the road. So that's it. That's it. Ken McKimsey Middleton. I appreciate your time today, my friend. Lots of great uh, resources. Uh, You've got this aura that is uh, inviting and, and super knowledgeable. And I love your delivery. I appreciate your time today. Nate, thanks so much, man. I love what you're doing in Sobriety Diaries, man. It's making a difference. So you keep up the great work you're doing. So proud of you and excited for you to continue to grow and do amazing things. Thank you, sir. We'll talk soon. Take care. Thank you so much for listening today, friends. Hopefully you heard something that resonates with you. And if we help just one person, our job is done. Make sure you check today's show notes for all the information discussed in the episode and how to connect with our guests. And as always, check us out at thesobrietydiaries.com, youtube.com slash Nate Kelly, and on Instagram at the Sobriety Diaries Pod. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show, friends. It truly helps other people to find the show. And in turn, we can help more people. Until next Wednesday, try your best not to drink and be good to yourselves. Bye, everyone.